the sixth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the sunlight of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area that might be called the twilight zone. is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land of imagination. Next stop, the Twilight Zone. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. That is the Twilight Zone. And this is Will. This is your sci-fi guy. This is your science fiction Will. And this is the Twilight Zone. The stars of the Twilight Zone, some of the best, some of the most memorable and beloved, and that's what we're going to be going into. We're going to be entering the zone to find the stars. So now a lot, a lot I know a lot of you fellow zoners, zonies, <laughs> a lot of you fellow Twilight Zone fans will say, but wait a minute, Will, there's too many. <laughs> There's so many stars in classic Twilight Zone, and that's true. Absolutely true. Oh, and mind you, um, 
you know, talking about the classic Twilight Zone, of course. The Rod Serling run from 1959 to 1964. There was the 80s version, I guess the 2000s version, and now a current version on Paramount Plus, but we're going to be talking the stars of classic Twilight Zone, beginning in 1959. So again, we have so many, we have dozens, right? We have do- Baker's dozens and regular dozens, dirty dozens, so to speak. We have William Shatner, who would go on to become Captain Kirk himself. We have Burgess Meredith, who would go on to become Rock. Rock, come on, Rock. Rocky Balboa's trainer, okay? We've got Martin Balsam, Martin Landau. You got two Martins, Martin Balsam and Martin Landau. We have Mickey Rooney. So, you know, we could go on and on, but for tonight, for this podcast, maybe we'll extend it in the future. Maybe we'll do another one. But for our purposes tonight, we're going to be doing Robert Redford, Carol Burnett, and Mr. Jack Klugman. That's right. Three of probably the most famous, certainly most maybe beloved actors of film and television, and certainly of Twilight Zone. And what's notable is that Jack Klugman appeared in four Twilight Zone episodes, Robert Redford and Carl Burnett in, in each, you know, one, uh, they, they appeared in one each. So Klugman kind of holds the record, and I think Burgess Meredith is the, you know, the other in terms of how many episodes, each four episodes. So Mr. Klugman, you're one of the uh, record holders with Burgess Meredith. So why Twilight Zone, you might ask? You know, come on, Will, it's an old show. (laughs) You know, get into the now. (laughs) Stop living in the past. (laughs) You know, one of the, what is it? uh, One of my favorites, of course, with Billy Moomy. There's an, is It's a Good Life, right? With the great uh, Anthony. (laughs) The great powers that wish people into the cornfield and you could say, oh, well, it's a good life, Will. You know, live it now. <laughs> get yourself out of the past. Well, you know what? I don't want to get out of it. I want to live in the past. I want to live in the twilight zone. I think I really do. If I had any choice <laughs> of anywhere to live, um, well, it might be on the Enterprise too. I'm trying to think which one. Well, the Enterprise D is certainly the luxury liner, <laughs> the, uh, the cruise ship, the love boat of the uh, of the Starfleet vessels. The Defiant is the kick-ass. And then, of course, the original series is quaint in many ways, but still very livable. But I digress. But if I had another um, option, maybe I'd want to live in the Twilight Zone. Because then I could pick any episode, and you know. And uh, maybe I would pick It's a Good Life and try to beat Anthony to the ground. Anyway, the bottom line to all of this is that the Twilight Zone is just, it's so influential. It's so, it's so influential to me. It's so, um, you know, reminiscent. Uh, it's so nostalgic, certainly. And it's so impacted my life as a, a sci-fi fantasy horror fan, as a writer. You know, there, there's so many, you know, moments in, one's life that you look on certainly as sort of that landmark that sort of transition and as a kid when I would put on TV 
you know, we were lucky we had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, sort of marathons and they would run the Twilight Zone a lot late at night or sometimes late evening and Saturdays. It'd be maybe, I think, seven or so o'clock and then 11 o'clock and later. But, you know, lucky enough to find that show to be very instrumental and very influential and just, you know, impacting your your life as a kid, as a fan, as a, as, as a growing, you know, absorber of this, you know, material, these ideas, like in the uh, opener of things and ideas. And these ideas just, you know, explode in, in your, your, your mind as, as a kid, as a teen and, you know, later on. And I remember even in, in college talking to so many people, they love the Twilight Zone. I mean, I don't think I've ever met anyone who doesn't either outright love it or at least respects and, and likes and has watched it. And it's very few shows. Maybe Star Trek. Maybe I Love Lucy. Honeymooners, you know, Mission Impossible. There's, there's certain shows that everyone has sort of a reverence for, a respect, or certain, certainly an outright love. So this past New Year's Day into we're into the new you know 2023 sounds so spacey right it sounds so jetsony and the science fictiony 2023 and my buddy eddie stake and i we were discussing we were just talking about stuff and shooting the shit and we talked about uh the twilight zone why because he was enjoying the marathon and he reminded me of it and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to be watching with you. So I kind of started watching. We were traded sort of messages back and forth, and we were talking about it. And then I was like, let me watch some of the, you know, the ones, because I own the series on digital, so I was watching some of the series, of uh, the episodes. And one of my favorites, of course, is a William Shatner episode, is Nick of Time, with the couple in the diner, and they can't, you know, they can't seem to get away from that, you know, devilish mystic seer. And no matter what they do for a while, it's, you know, the wife is like, what are you crazy? And what are you doing? Let's leave. Let's get out of here. It's funny, after so many episodes, um, you know, watching these over and over, it's still a wonderful episode, but it's so interesting how he just kind of changes. You know, she's like, let's go. And he's like, okay. And there's, there's no like sort of, you know, big protracted sort of battle. But of course it is a 25 minute show or so, you know, less than uh a half an hour with commercials, but, um, but of course it addresses that whole, you know, addiction, superstition, ruling one's life. But, but that's how I got the idea to do the, you know, several, um, stars. I mean, we could go again, oh, so many, we could go over, you know, they're either all household names in some way or really respected, you know, character actors, or in the case of Redford and Burnett and Klugman, superstars, true household names and superstars now jack klugman tying for most episodes for for twilight zone actor with burgess meredith he did four and burgess did four as well his episode the game of pool and praise of pip uh passage uh, for trump but these are really looked upon as you know the more sort of known or favored but the, the great one also that is the hour episode it's an hour-long episode from the fourth season is called death ship and it's really a disturbing one you know the others are great certainly a game of pool with jonathan winters and you know really well done that's probably maybe my favorite in ways but death ship 
certainly is just a really disturbing sci-fi horror. Synopsis here is an episode of The Twilight Zone uh, based on a short story by Richard Matheson. It is, was inspired by the legend of the Flying Dutchman. In this episode, a spaceship crew discovers a wrecked replica of their ship with their own dead bodies inside. So you've got this sort of, you know, time-looping, time-warping um, premise. And, you know, Klugman plays the captain of this starship, this uh, spaceship, and they find their own bodies. So, you know, you've seen this before, if you're a Star Trek fan, a science fiction fan, certainly. But Twilight Zone, you know, back in, this was 63, I guess, the fourth season. You're talking about a really, you know, sort of... Um, early example of this sort of time warpy, you know, time uh, traveling, uh, time loop kind of episode. So Death Ship with Klugman is excellent. All his others are great, um, but that one in many ways, because when I was a kid, certainly they never put them on the, the hour episodes. You had to watch them much later in special sort of, you know, marathon runs, and then they started playing the one hour episodes. And now we go to Robert Redford. Um, what else can you say about truly a legend of cinema? One of the true sort of silver screen greats. And one of his early roles is in The Twilight Zone. This is the episode Nothing in the Dark. This is one of two episodes that were filmed during season two, but then held over for broadcast until season three. Now, I'm also, you know... Mr. No Spoiler, so I never like to spoil something. So this is one of the great twists of the Twilight Zone, and you just got to watch. Um, one, one really interesting thing is um, Redford does, of course, a lot of film festival with Sundance being the most prominent. In 2014, uh, at the International Film Festival in Santa Barbara, uh, he was told by the production company um, of the series that it is the most often viewed episode of the Twilight Zone. So it's, you know, one of the more favorites one of the most popular and certainly one of the most viewed and i have to say it it's still you know is so powerful when you finally see this again it's a it's about a, an old woman who's sort of a recluse and she comes in contact with robert redford and there's a big twist that's all i'm going to say you're going to have to you know watch for yourself but it certainly is is such a prime example of the power of the twilight zone the emotional power, you know, the cinematic and thematic. One of the things that Serling, um, this is a great interview, you can look it up on YouTube. I believe, yeah, Mike Wallace, you know, I guess it was uh, right when the show was beginning to be produced, the first Zone season, the first season of Zone. And Wallace had him on his show and he said, you know, so why should we bother or care about the show? And Serling is like, we're trying to make, you know, mini movies. We're trying to make little half an hour movies as cinematic as theatrical as possible and obviously they succeeded so nothing in the dark robert redford's episode so now we come to carol burnett and you know it's talking about influential things in your life talking about these you know things that impact that carry over to adulthood from childhood and the carol burnett show is like, yeah, you just heard me laugh there. There is such a fondness and such a, a chuckle-filled, you know, emotional tie whenever I see Carol Burnett, Vicki Lawrence, Harvey Corman, Tim Conway. I mean, it's hard to name, you know, a better ensemble or show. I mean, Saturday Night Live is so indebted. They All the cast members, producers say, without Carol, we probably would never be. 
It's, you know, it's the landmark of the sort of variety comedy show. And, and obviously Carol Burnett is, a, is an American legend, an American treasure. And again, one of the early roles we had as a Twilight Zone fan was Carol Burnett. This episode is Cavender is Coming. And it was originally broadcast in 1962. It's a very sort of silly, I mean, I wouldn't say, and I think Eddie and I were kind of agreeing when we talked about, it's not a great episode, but Carol Burnett's so good in it. You know, she's good in everything. You know, she, you know, she doesn't, doesn't hit a false note in pretty much anything she does. So just to see it for her, and the episode's pretty good. You know, it's, it's fun. It's silly. And it's, and it's sort of enjoyable in that, you know, zonish way. But certainly, you know, Ms. Burnett is just pretty much shines. She is, she is Sterling in Serling's show. Um, it said this, this is some notes. It was originally broadcast with a laugh track. So the only Twilight Zone episode to feature one. Um, and then it was intended, this is really fun, it was intended as a backdoor pilot for a regular comedy series featuring the Cavender character. The version included in the Twilight Zone, the complete definitive collection DVD, has the laugh track, wow, removed, all right, reruns airing in the U.S. on Sci-Fi and METV also have the laugh track removed, as does the version on Netflix, yeah. And so just because even, again, as a kid, I don't remember it much. Not that they, I don't know if it's that they, they, they didn't, you know, play it much or I never saw it. Um, so, yeah, and having that laugh trick in the beginning and then, you know, it being removed from the DVDs and the subsequent airings. So who knows if the backdoor pilot was successful and Carol Burnett could have had another, you know, show uh, before the Carol Burnett show. Uh, and, uh, you know, was the character strong? Probably, well, certainly she would have made it you know, is strong because she, uh, you know, she always does a, such a great job. Um, it says, this is great. It bears a strong similarity to the first season episode, Mr. Beavis. Both episodes are comedies about guardian angels who try to help kind-hearted but hapless human beings by giving them everything they think they desire. Only dis- discover that the humans are happier with the life, with the way their life had been previously. Both episodes were written by Rod Serling. So, you know, again, not not a masterpiece, masterwork of an episode, but certainly because of the great Carol Burnett, it is worth watching. So go watch Twilight Zone, you know. If you're like me, you've got the episodes, you can have a marathon every night, and I might just do that this evening and just play a bunch. Maybe I'll play everyone we talked about tonight because there's certainly goodies there's certainly goodies, and if you're subscribing to Sci-Fi Guy, we've got some goodies as well. We always do, and they're always free, but then, if you'd like to support us, and certainly that is welcome, you can four ninety nine every month, and you get exclusives, you get interviews, and you get goodies that the freebies do not get. So it's an incentive, my friends, right? It's certainly an attraction, but either way, keep on subscribing message message us feedback us as i can say keep feedbacking keep sending in that you know those comments and uh you know go watch twilight zone and uh, we'll see you soon